You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello there, and welcome to this week's episode of the Press Zone podcast uh, right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. This podcast is proudly part of the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are sponsored by the fine folks over at DraftKings, so thank you to them. Uh, We are so glad that you are here today, uh, our post-Christmas pre-New Year's episode of the Press Zone, uh, episode number 237 here at the Press Zone. Uh, And we've got lots to talk about today. I am your host. I'm also the lead correspondent at the AHL Report. My name is Amy Johnson, and I'm joined each and every week in the studio by our wonderful co-host. He also happens to be our founder and president, editor-in-chief, man of many hats that he wears daily, and he is Rick Stevens. How are you doing today? Good afternoon. I'm doing fine. How are you now? Pretty much. You had a good Christmas? I did. That's good. How about you? I had a very good Christmas. Perfect. Yes. Nice and quiet. In the jammies all day. You like the jams all day. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. comfy. Yeah. Ate too much. That's what you're supposed to do. I know. I needed like a full day. Boxing day is a love boxing day for <laughs> you. You've signed on to the boxing day. Love boxing day for the hockey. Also love boxing day for the napping. Um, Cause after two straight days of cooking and baking on Christmas Eve and Christmas day, uh, I was tired. <laughs> Four hockey games on boxing day to start the world juniors. Yeah. Pretty good. Canada and U S both uh, winning. Mm-hmm. So, so far, we're all... USA suffered its first loss today. Well, it's not a loss. I mean, it's, well, it, it goes in the loss, loss category, one to nothing. but yeah. they didn't lose a Losing game. Losing to the Swiss, my they goodness. They forfeited. I see. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Okay. Um. Yeah, there's not a lot of games to talk about. We've got other things to talk about today. Lots. Be- lots. Lots of other things to talk about yeah. related the first, to games. That's right. In the first segment, of course, we're going to touch on the Canadians and the Rocket. Um, Canadians, like if injury holes weren't enough in the roster, now you've got uh, over the course of the weekend a slew of COVID holes that have opened up on the roster. So um, as of the time of this recording of this podcast on Tuesday late afternoon, the Habs are supposed to play a game in Tampa Bay against the Lightning tonight. If that happens, uh, we're going to talk about what the lineup's going to look like and how they're and how all that's happening. Uh, Laval is dealing with equally difficult things. Um, it's kind of a trickle-down effect. And, and in fact, we have a, a special guest coming later in the show uh, that we're going to deep dive on this issue and how it impacts the AHL as a whole. But we'll get you caught up to speed on what is current with the Canadians roster, um, what's happening in Laval, Trois-Rivières, and also take a peek. We mentioned the World Juniors. We're going to take a peek and and look at how those Habs prospects are are faring so far. Uh, Then in the second segment, we welcome Patrick Williams back to the show. It's uh, been two weeks since he's been here, and that means this week is on the schedule for another AHL hot stove. And sure enough, uh, with the the re- uh, revamped taxi squads now making a, an appearance in the NHL again. We're going to talk about how that and this massive surge in COVID that 
uh, both leagues are experiencing uh, is really going to impact the AHL, not only immediately, but but going into the next couple of months of the season. So it's a great segment. You don't want to miss that coming up in segment two. Uh, but first, we are going to start with the Montreal Canadiens. So, Rick, it's uh, we we know it's been an injury nightmare for Montreal for this entire season. Um, on on, I guess if there's a silver lining, Paul Byron is looking like he's pretty close to coming back. Um, not quite there yet, but but pretty close to coming back. So, there's going to be one of your first big pieces that could come back sometime soon. Um, but going into the Christmas break, we, we we recall that the NHL decided to pause the season a couple of days earlier than normal uh, for the holiday break uh, because of the surge in COVID cases. Prior to the break, you had Lekanen, Toffoli, Dauphin, and Hoffman already in COVID protocols. Uh, Sammy Niku, Brendan Gallagher just came off of protocols right uh, last week. However... Um, Canadians, not so lucky, uh, added a bunch more players to the COVID-19 protocol list and one coach. Uh, we have Jake Allen out, Ben Sherratt out, Joel Edmondson, Jeff Petrie, uh, Chris Weidman, all out, 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 and goalie coach Eric Raymond. Uh, it's, a <laughs> it's a lot of people. So I was thinking, yeah. That um, there's this there's this super group this band that I've been wanting to see for forever my entire life yeah um, haven't really been able to afford to go but uh, you know I, I felt it was time want to take a few people and and uh, so maxed out my credit card and uh, got seats really good seats going for the first time to see them and um, I've been told that that uh, due to some, you know, things going on in the world that they're going to substitute a cover band for my <laughs> super group that I've paid <laughs> premium prices for, premium dollars for, and I get a cover band coming in You didn't pay to, to listen. You didn't pay NHL prices to see Brandon Maddock play? Is, is, is somebody, is somebody, and I know that, that the U.S. is kind of litigious at times, um, is somebody going to charge, uh, uh, you know, sue the, the NHL for fraud? <laughs> it's, uh, if we go much farther down this path, uh, we could be, we're going to see some, a, a lot of contention, I think, in a lot of fan bases around the league. Yes. Um, you know, it's a good analogy. Uh, there is a, it's like half the roster is is out with injury or COVID at this point. And so you've seen right before the Christmas break, we saw uh, Rafael Harvey Pinard and Lucas Vedemo and somebody else that I can't think of right off the top of my head got recalled, um, play uh, practiced once, and then everything got shut down, postponed, and, and paused. Um, now you've got Caden Primo and... With Jake Allen going out, Caden Primo gets called up to back up Sam Montembeau. Corey Schooneman gets called up uh, on the onto the NHL roster, and then the NHL. What Rick? What was the one thing that we have been talking about since August on this show? Both just you and I, and when Patrick Williams has been on the show, what's the one thing that we said? I bet this is coming back this year. They better have plans for it. And uh, Bill Daly said, no, 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 no taxi squad, no taxi squad for it. We, we're just not going that route. Belo well, guess what? You might not, just because you don't want to go that route doesn't mean you're not going to be forced into it. And so you better have the contingency plan in place and look where we are. Taxi squads are back. And so now Laval also loses Brandon Baddock, Louis Belpedio, Cam Hillis, Gianni Fairbrother and Michael McNiven, who are now in Florida with the team practicing as part of the taxi squad. Now they are traveling here, there and everywhere with the team who knows what they could get exposed to and take back to Laval whenever they get sent back. Um, that's a whole other line of thought for another day. But, but that's, that's <laughs> an issue is, yeah. is that you have all of these uh, players, uh, part-time players, players who've been doing other things signed to PTOs that, 
end up on the ECHL squad or the AHL squad. And all of these people are intermingling and then get called up to a taxi squad or get, and they're practicing. And I mean, uh, is, is the NHL serious about preventing transmission? Uh, at this point, no. They're simply, it, it's obvious that they're simply trying to manage trans, transmission. Um, that they've just accepted that it's, it's like they've accepted transmission is just part of daily life. And you'll just, we'll just keep pulling from a, a seemingly endless supply of, of replacements from the AHL eventually. And we're going to talk about this in the second segment much, much more when Patrick Williams joins us. But eventually, if you keep pulling from the quote-unquote unending supply of replacements from the AHL, you're eventually going to be calling up literal ECHL players who are currently in the AHL replacing the guys who should be there. Um, And so if the Habs play tonight against Tampa Bay, if they play on Thursday against the Carolina Hurricanes, the product on the ice is spot on to your analogy Um, fans will be paying NHL ticket prices to essentially watch a couple of AHL teams play each other with, you know, the random Brendan Gallagher uh, and Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield thrown in. And that's a game December 28th. That's a December 28th game. And now we have morons like Brad Marchand come out and say, yeah, but I really want to go to the Olympics. You shouldn't, you should let me make my individual choice and you can fill in while I'm gone with a taxi squad over the Olympic break. Right. So the product is already diluted on December 28th and you want to take all, you want to skim all of the best talent out of the NHL to head to the Olympics in February because it's, uh, you deserve it. You're entitled. You you need it to add to 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 your career. I mean, there is anybody thinking straight. I, I the integrity of the game, the integrity of of the results of games in the NHL, uh, AHL, and even the ECHL ma- should matter. Let's take it one step further. This is a this is something that you and I discussed on this past week's Canadians Connection podcast. If you happen to miss that, be sure to go to CanadiansConnection.fm. Check out the most recent episode uh, co-hosted by Rick and myself with a special uh, appearance by Michael Spinella. Um, But so this is something we touched on in that show. Now very close. Probably by the time this podcast comes out, there will have already been an announcement about it. Uh, if if it's if it's not bad enough that they're not looking out for the integrity of the NHL product put on the ice that people are playing paying NHL ticket prices and risking their and their families and friends health to come and watch, um, you can add that the we're looking out for our bottom line to that as well. Pierre LeBrun uh, just uh, saying a number of so so we heard the rumblings of this before Christmas that uh, the Canadians were were you know, looking to have their home games in, in January postponed so that they don't miss out on the revenue because of provincial uh, attendance restrictions. Uh, we now see that Manitoba has done much of the same thing. The Jets won't have fans in their building until at least January 11th. Pierre Lebrun saying that a number of Habs and Jets January home games will be moved because of no fans policy currently going on in those provinces other Canadian team home games will also be moved. There should be a release from the NHL today. Eric Engels chiming into that saying could be a pretty significant change to the Habs schedule for January. If that happens, they are supposed to play at the Bell Center on January 4th, 6th, 8th, 10th, 12th, 15th, 27th, 29th, and 30th. So, so and yes. Elliot Friedman adding saying this, it doesn't really affect they're, they're talking in terms of of Canadian teams but it doesn't really affect Edmonton or Vancouver it affects Montreal the most and they're driving this discussion so we're protecting bottom lines um and you talk about the integrity of the product on the ice if you start reshuffling all of these games if you start changing the way scheduling happens massively, scheduling is done for a reason to allow for uh, recuperation time at home, 
uh, less travel days all lumped together because of, you know, exposure, because of, of fatigue, those types of things. The number of games you play in a week also trying to avoid those things. We remember hearing all of the horror stories about how tiring it was when they were playing three and four games a week every single week last season in the condensed schedule. Now they're going to rearrange schedules and screw all of that up just because Canadian teams don't want to lose their gate revenue. And hey, we're all we understand not losing money in the in the midst of a pandemic, but it's a handful. You you have no idea yet what the provinces are going to do late in January. Um, and and we're now you're just going to upset the apple cart just because there's a couple of provinces. What if you add more provinces? What if states start doing that? I, I like when does it end? <laughs> However, um, they're trying to, again, circumvent the rules. And again, this is about bottom line. We saw, we heard the CDC uh, yesterday talk about moving, r- removing or, or minimizing the, the uh, uh, isolation period, cutting that in, in half. half. And that's because the airlines are complaining about lost revenue. While the same would apply to uh, sports uh, franchises and certainly the NBA and, and NFL are already uh, trying to get around asymptomatic confirmed positive tested players um, being in in uh, in isolation or in quarantine and now we, we hear that uh, the NHL and NHLPA are engaged in talks uh, to, to allow those asymptomatic players to come back. Uh, which again, there's zero science to, to back that, zero medical science. Uh, we know that even those who are asymptomatic can transmit uh, the virus. And um, so th- this is, um, well, you, you said it uh, uh, last week, I believe, uh, about money driving decisions, uh, particularly the, uh, the All-Star game and, and those uh, the decisions around that. Um, and, and it's really, really, really sad to see when there are so many people who are suffering, so many people whose families have been affected, uh, in, a in a, and, and causing difficulties for them. But, um, the elite will, the elite athletes, uh, and, uh, and owners are, are pushing, uh, to, to set a very different standard. Um, and it's, it's, it's disturbing. It is. And I'm I, I won't get on the soapbox that I could get on. I will simply move on to the next items and, and so say uh, it looks like Raphael Harvey Pinard and Corey Schuneman will make their NHL debuts tonight. Uh, congratulations to them. I can't I, I'm sorry to say I can't get very excited about it for them simply because the only reason that they are making their NHL debuts is because there's literally a lack of bodies to fill those positions. Um, I hope they do well. I hope, I hope they do as well as they can. I'm sure there'll be a lot of nerves. Uh, I'm sure they're excited about it. And um, I have no idea what to expect from a completely decimated Habs and completely decimated Tampa Bay lightning team tonight. Um, it's either going to be a clown show or or one team is just going to blow out the other completely. Uh, it's yeah, and, and a lot of it's going to depend on on goaltending and and uh, we'll see we'll see what happens on both sides. Uh, at least Raphael Harvey Pinard acknowledged, uh, well, sort of. Um, he said that that the 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 COVID circumstances and the the injury list of the Canadians um, affected uh, his ability to be in the lineup. But then he followed that quickly saying, I don't see it like that. Uh, this is my dream and I'm going to give it my all. So, um, yes, uh, this is, <laughs> uh, you know, d- does Harvey Pinard d- uh, deserve to be there? Of course he does. And he's not ready. Maybe someday, not yet, um, but he's going to get an, an opportunity. And, and and I'm not picking on him. Same applies to Schooneman and and others. And, and it's going to be quite a lineup uh, for both teams mm-hmm. uh, tonight. Absolutely. Um, so uh, with that, as we say, there's all of these call-ups and then there's the taxi squad. So Laval has been absolutely... And Laval's got injury issues of their own. I mean, their captain's out with injury. Josh Brooks still isn't back. Joel Teasdale's still not back. Um, so Laval is just completely stripped of... M- 
at least half of its team. Uh, so there's not a ton left in Laval. Um, Trois Rivière dealing with the same. Trois Rivière signed seven guys to PTOs yesterday. Seven guys to PTOs yesterday. Uh, Laval signed Devon. Here's a here's a blast from the past. Devonte Smith Pelly to a PTO today. That's um, (laughs) never thought you'd see Devontae Smith Pelly back in the Habs organization. Well, there it is. Um, You know, it's uh, there's there's going to be a lot of this and it's only Tuesday. Uh, The 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 ramifications and consequences from families and friends getting together over the Christmas weekend this past weekend are only just beginning to to show themselves. Uh, I have a feeling the rest of this week is, is going to get, uh, it could get pretty ugly. Um, the rocket was only supposed, the rocket haven't played since the Friday before Christmas. And I don't mean Christmas Eve. I mean a week prior to Christmas Eve, they had a week and a half built off, built into the schedule, a week and a half off built into the schedule. Um, well, this Wednesday, they were supposed to host the Syracuse crunch Syracuse, uh, Tampa Bay's Tampa Bay's um, AHL team has been absolutely riddled with COVID cases, um, and they have had a, a just a slew of postponements for Syracuse. And so, preemptively last week, the AHL had already postponed the Rockets' only game that they were supposed to play this week, which was supposed to happen tomorrow, Wednesday. So it's postponed already, which means the Rocket didn't play at all last week. They're not going to play at all this week. They are not scheduled to play another game until next Wednesday. Uh, I believe it's the 5th. Uh, so it's uh, it's a big layoff for Laval, um, which I guess is sort of good for them, seeing as they're missing so many of their players. But cobbling a crew back together and getting practice time back at some point before that game happens is going to be is going to be quite a challenge. And then the same thing applies for uh, the Trois-Rivières Lion, uh, Lions in uh, the ECHL, and they've had uh, two games postponed that were to take place against the Newfoundland Growlers. This week, yeah. So it's 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 going to continue. The dominoes will keep falling, and we'll just keep trying to keep track of it all and keep everyone up to speed. Uh, the one thing that uh, is at least been exciting to get to watch is the World Juniors, but that's already starting to be affected as well. Um, we saw today, you mentioned <laughs> Team USA. They didn't... Yeah, and I, I should <laughs> say, I, I said it in, in, in jest. It's, you did, it's you not, did. It's not... Uh, <laughs> not uh, I didn't. I didn't mean it like that. It's just. Um, it's really sad, and it, it must be really tough for the the players on uh, the U.S. squad to. Um, you know, they they they're there with high expectations, and to go down uh, with a loss to the Swiss, a game that they were expected to to take, uh, must be difficult. But th- those were the rules set up by the. Uh, the IIHF and and um, and and what's even going to be more difficult is to see what happens tomorrow, as uh, the U.S. is scheduled to have a game against Sweden and see if they're able to play that game. So we should explain what it is that we're talking about, which is that it wasn't. Yes, the U.S. technically loses to the Swiss today. It's because the U.S. had to forfeit their game today because two players have been confirmed with a positive case of COVID-19, which means, according to IAHF rules, the entire team has to go under mandatory quarantine, which means they cannot play the game today. It is not postponed. They forfeit the game, uh, which gives them an automatic loss. And now the IAHF uh, is going to have to look to see uh, if there is going to be eligibility for the U.S. to turn around and be able to play Sweden tomorrow or not, that is still up in the air. And and as you say, Rick, it's got to be very disheartening. Uh, you know, the tournament could be over for for uh, the reigning champs before it's even really begun. Um, if they it, have it, this loss and if they are not, if they end up having to forfeit tomorrow against Sweden as well, they're going to be in a really hard way for the tournament. And listen, I give credit to the IIHF who are who are uh, erring on the side of caution and saying, 
Um, if two players are testing positive, who says that, uh, you know, there, there isn't uh, cases uh, incubating and, and with yeah. the, the rest of, of the team and, and who could pass it on to the Swiss players and they're trying to contain as best they can mm-hmm. uh, this for the, the other teams in the tournament. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I, again, are any of these results... Uh, and I'm sure if if the U.S. is um, ha- is disqualified from the tournament, that that folks are right away going to start to put an asterisk be- beside whoever is the eventual winner of this tournament. Absolutely, saying, well, sure they won, but not everybody really got to play the full tournament. And and who knows if the U.S. is going to be the only one that's affected by this? Uh, if any of the other teams. Uh, come down with cases and have to forfeit. I, this this could unravel very quickly. We're hoping that's not going to be the case, um, but we're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, the games that have been played have been pretty exciting so far, um, and uh, Rick, all three Habs prospects uh, certainly making their presence known. Caden Gooley for Team Canada, Jan Mishak for the Czechs, and Oliver Kapanen for the for the Finns, um, and uh, some of them even getting on the score sheet. That's true. Um, we have uh, Jan Mishak, who uh, had a goal. Uh, he's had a goal in two games. Uh, Mishak and Oliver Kapanen played played twice uh, for the Czech, for Czechia and for Finland. Uh, Mishak has uh, been playing about nineteen minutes uh, on the top line, and uh, as I said, nine shots, one goal uh, for him. Uh, Caden Gooley played just about twenty minutes. Uh, obviously, uh, playing a defensive game, a physical role uh, for Team Canada. Oliver Kapanen uh, for Finland, uh, kind of a middle six role and uh, in a defensive, uh, mostly a defensive role. Uh, been very good on faceoffs, around 62%, and is playing fifteen uh, forty-five uh, per game. Uh, Goli was fun to watch. Uh, in his in the only in the in the game that Team Canada has played so far, I know they're slated to to play tonight as well. Uh, but Gooley was pretty fun to watch. I it's 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 fun to to watch fans get excited about how hard he likes to hit. <laughs> uh, he plays a very physical brand of hockey, and and he certainly uh, has a commanding presence when he's out there. Uh, Jan Mich- and, and like Team Canada, he had a bit of a rough start where he got yeah. caught on a pinch. Uh, gave up a goal, but then the the whole team kind of got their footing and uh, and took over the, that game for Team Canada. Mm-hmm. Jan Mishak wears the C really well. Uh, he looks like a leader. You can tell mm-hmm. he's confident um, and and just really also having fun out there. So it's it's a it's a lot of fun getting to watch these guys play. Uh, hopefully they get to all complete the tournament and. Uh, can't wait to see what kind of highlights they've got coming next. Uh, just, uh, certainly, certainly lots of fun to watch. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to hear from our sponsors at DraftKings. And then on the other side, you know it, Patrick Williams is back for another AHL hot stove. Oh, boy, do we have a lot to unpack that's going on around the AHL. You don't want to miss a minute of it, so stay there. We'll be back. You're listening to The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone's going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook, however, isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Throw down a dollar on any NHL game and win a hundred in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media, episode 237 right here at the Press Zone and on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're so glad you're here with us. Uh, Don't forget, my name is Amy Johnson, your host of the show, joined each and every week by my co-host Rick Stevens. And are you following us on Twitter? We certainly hope that you are. But if you're a new listener, maybe you're not. So let me give you a couple places that you want to make sure you head over to Twitter and follow right away. At the AHL Report, that's the place to get all of the latest news that we've got coming out at the AHL Report, uh, weekly columns that come out, game recaps, uh, all sorts of things, plus this podcast, The Press Zone. You can also follow this podcast at the press zone on uh twitter and if you'd like to follow us hosts we welcome you as followers for sure you can find rick on twitter at all habs and you can find me on twitter at flyers rule well we're happy to be back uh this week uh for the press zone our our episode in between christmas and new year's and uh boy there is uh While there aren't very many AHL games being played right now, unfortunately, there is no shortage of AHL news, which means it is the perfect time. It's like we planned it this way every other week for Patrick Williams, uh, our RSM contributor, uh, AHL uh, contributor uh, here at Rocket Sports Media, and uh, for him to come back for another edition of the AHL Hot Stove. Patrick, welcome. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Merry Did Christmas. I miss anything? <laughs> um, I, uh, not uh, games. No, no, you didn't. Miss, you didn't miss any games. Um, my goodness, it's been a nonstop barrage. It seems for the last week, and of course, unfortunately, things are are heating up once again. Um, let's let's just start with um, you know. Day after day after day, it actually feels like we're getting multiple announcements every day from the AHL regarding game postponements. Sometimes they come through, like they trickle through in the morning, and then we'll get a major announcement of a bunch of additional games being postponed. But really, you know, the AHL is is being inundated with this virus just as the NHL is, um, and, and we without a lot of statistics and information coming from the American Hockey League, we don't actually know exactly the number of players and staff members and coaches we're dealing with. What we do know, though, is that now that the NHL has reinstated, at least temporarily for now, uh, the taxi squad, uh, AHL lineups uh, that are already pretty lean because of COVID are now getting completely stripped as massive amounts of players are getting recalled either to fill in holes in NHL lineups due to COVID and or to fill taxi squads. Um, What does this sudden resurgence of and reappearance of the taxi squad at the NHL level combined with, with COVID absences and so forth, what is that doing to AHL teams as we speak? Well, yeah, you're getting it from both sides. And, you know, you take a look at, let's say, the Rockford Icehawks. Monday they announced nine uh, members of their, you know, their team uh, between coaches and uh, players have now been put on the COVID list. Um, They lost a goalie, Colin Delia, to a recall up to Chicago. And they've uh, had a few other recalls um, already in Chicago. So, you know, you add it all up and... What is that? Twelve anywhere from you know twelve to fourteen members of your lineup no longer there, and so um, how, how do you work around that? I mean, I mean, sure you can call up some someone from the ECHL, but there's only so many players you can call up from them, and they're they're having their own issues as well down in the ECHL, and. You know, so yeah, there, there's a limited player supply. It's not a, it's not a, you know, bottomless well. I mean, and that's one of the issues when you know so many players have gone over to Europe uh, throughout the years and uh, set up careers there. Guys that maybe otherwise would have stayed here um, uh, are gone now, and so if, if you don't have a ton of options coming up from the ECHL and, and the NHL is pulling up all your players and you're having players. Uh, come down with COVID, where are you getting your players from? I mean, you know, so, I mean, it's certainly, it's a huge issue right now. You, Rockford, uh, San Jose just announced six players, uh, plus a coach, plus a staff member. So, I mean, and, you know, as we, we said, we we're 
discussion off the air, and that that's a lot of this is before uh, players coming back from holidays and uh, whatever that could mean in terms of bumping up the numbers. So, yeah, it's it's an ugly situation right now. Uh, there were six games scheduled uh, for Monday night in the American Hockey League. Five of them, uh, as of now, have been uh, postponed, and uh, you know a number throughout the week as well. So uh, it's 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 not pretty right now for sure. Well, and and so you know, not only is this affecting the on ice product, does does this have the trickle down effect? Uh, and and Rick, this is feel free to chime in as well. This is for either one of you, really. Uh, do, how much of a trickle down effect does this have um, when you're looking at at what the what each AHL team is able to put on the ice for a product? How much fans are going to want to pay money and put themselves at risk for exposure to come out and see said depleted? roster um you know we just even saw you know the echl is already going through its own raft of you know they're now losing players getting called up to the ahl um you know is where does like where does it stop where does the trickle down effect really stop and and you know what does this do for for winning percentages for teams as you know as as they're if they're going to continue to play games, but they're playing with very, very, you know, players that they're kind of cobbling together from all over the place, there's just a big ripple effect here, it seems. Well, I think that, yeah, at some point, uh, you have to ask the question about the integrity of the game and and um, is the record of these teams, is it meaningful anymore? And I guess uh, there's some knack to being able to manage through this this difficult um, uh, situation for each team, but um, as you said, the the uh, the AHL teams are getting kind of the, um, uh, a triple whammy uh, of of players getting called up to replace uh, players who are off on the COVID list. You're getting players getting called up with respect to uh, the taxi squad that that now are um, uh, reinstated uh, by the NHL. And then the third is that unknown is how many of those AHL players uh, have come down with COVID themselves. So all of that is in play for, for the AHL teams. And you look at, um, just for me, I, I looked at the Montreal Canadiens and, and you now have uh, six on the uh, both uh, nine players and uh, and the goalie coach Eric Raymond uh, for uh, on the COVID list for the Montreal Canadiens, um, and that caused in addition to the the injuries that are already outstanding um, and the taxi squad a whole number of players Caden Primo Gordon uh, Corey Schooneman, uh the taxi squad of Brandon Baddock, uh, Gianni Fairbrother Cam Hillis Michael McNiven. Um, and you look down at what's left in in uh, the Laval, with the Laval Rocket, um, and the de- defensemen Carl Neal, Tori Dello, Terrence Amoroso. You have no goaltend. Well, uh, later on in the day, um, Laval called up uh, Kevin Poulin from uh, uh, Trois Rivières. Um, but the 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 forward lines, uh, Danik Martel and J.C. Boudin and Kevin Waugh and Peter Abinato, uh, there's there's not much left there. And and you know you you post this information our our, our fan page on uh, on Facebook, uh, the All Habs fan page, and Dan Oldfield. Uh, I'll read his comment uh, directly canceled tomorrow's game and he's talking about the Canadians uh, who flew out this afternoon heading to uh, Tampa to play the Lightning canceled tomorrow's game there's virtually no one left of the actual team to play fans shouldn't have to pay NHL prices for AHL hockey Um, and that that applies to at, at all levels really well, you know, when you look at, you know, let's go out to the Western Conference. Tucson had seven players called up on Sunday. Uh, they currently are at five defensemen total on their roster, three of which are PTOs. And so, you know, how do you even play a game, right? I mean, you know, and like, never mind, uh, you know, kind of having any cohesion and, uh, you know, uh, yeah rhythm to 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 a team or to a schedule so um you know you got these big gaps now too in the schedule i mean you know you have teams maybe they 
they have a Saturday game now. They were supposed to do a three and three, but you know Friday and, and Sunday got got bumped off the schedule, or, or you know uh, um, they play on a Wednesday, but now they don't play all weekend, and so it's just uh, for so many teams right now, it's just. You know, and you don't know what's coming down the road day to day. I mean, you have situations where, um, you know, a team comes in, they test negative in the morning, they have their morning skate, everybody goes home, gets ready for the game, everyone thinks the game is on, and then uh, the next round of tests comes in, and, uh, you know, lo and behold, there's a number of positives, and that's the end of the game. So um, you've had situations where teams are on the bus, and uh, we're halfway, you know, on the middle of the bus ride at turnaround. Never mind, games canceled tonight, and you know it's it's not anyone's fault per se, but it, it just it makes it really difficult to um, you know really have uh, sort of any um, rhythm or pattern to, to a team and uh, develop players and all this stuff that typically uh, you think of an AHL team doing. So um, you know, I don't I just don't see where this is going right now. Another aspect uh, of this is with the. With the COVID uh, shutdowns or, or postponements of games and so forth, there are some teams at the AHL level. Um, I, I can think of Syracuse and Laval both off the off the top of my head uh, to begin with. There's could be others who are experiencing some exceptionally long layoff periods between game action. Um, that's also got to have a detrimental effect on on the ability to to really ice a competitive team. Yeah, um, you know, you look at Syracuse, uh, they've played four games since November 27th. Uh, they haven't played at all since December 15th. That was the game in Toronto with the Marlies where um, the Marlies subsequently came down with a number of cases. Um, they won't, they're not scheduled again until January 5th. And then after that, uh, they have 55 games to play in a span of uh, 109 days. So do the math, that's about every other day for three and a half months. And they're not the only team. Wilkes-Barre has 54 games to go. Uh, Grand Rapids is 53. Um, and so, you know, you can start to see where this is going in terms of uh, trying to fit X number of games into X number of days, um, especially if you still have COVID uh, cases coming in. And, you know, it seems it seems likely that you will. I mean, you know, it doesn't seem that uh, the virus is going to let, let up anytime soon. And so, um, in some ways, I think this is a, a more difficult fit than last year because um, last year you just had things so tightly organized in terms of uh, who you were playing, in terms, uh, you know, schedule-wise, and everything was extremely limited geographically. Well, now you're having, um, you know, teams that that have uh, you know some real distance between them. Uh, Charlotte and Texas just had their series for this weekend called off, so that's something you now you have to wedge a Charlotte. Now, Texas two-game series somewhere into the schedule. And, you know, how do you do that? I mean, there's not that many gaps as it is, and, and, and teams are also losing really lucrative nights. Um, you're seeing teams lose a Saturday night date and have to replace it with a Monday night date, you know, way down the road somewhere in March or something. So, um, you know, you all of a sudden you go from what would have been a big crowd to what's, a, a, you know, a makeup night on a Monday night. And where, you know, you're going to be pulling in, you know, only maybe the diehard fans. So, I mean, the AHL's just facing a lot of headwinds uh, pretty much from every direction. And um, I, I don't, I mean, I don't envy Scott Halston or anybody else in the lead office having to somehow um, piece their way through this situation right now. Well, you mentioned headwinds. And it's funny, when I saw all of this activity this morning and, um, you know, more than 70 NHL games have been um, uh, postponed and, and, uh, and, you know, almost as many in the AHL. I, 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 it made me think of, of um, and I wish I could remember the name of the movie, but it was, it was a movie on fighting forest fires. And it was a, a young, brave, uh, courageous, ambitious kind of uh, forest fighter that, you know, was on his first assignment and he went in rather enthusiastically and he had this this small tank on his back and, and there were some hot spots and so he was putting those out. and uh, But things were getting out of control and so he radioed in for a, a water bomber and that came in and he got soaking wet, but he thought it was done and no, it it. it it perked back up again, and and so he started preparing a a control line and and started knocking down timbers to um, to, to to 
used a line and got out his axe and he was chopping down trees and he was, um, the, the axe, uh, head flew off. And so he was hitting the, uh, to get the last trees down with just the handle and he had shredded that. And then one of it, one of the older, um, experienced guys came and just grabbed him by the, the shoulder and said, you've done all you can. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's time to go. Um, and that's, kind of what I'm waiting for someone with some common sense to kind of say, Oh, okay. Um, you know, you've, you've filled all the holes you can, you've brought up the players from the federal league and from the, the, the North America, the LA and the LNAH, the, the, the semi-pro league in Quebec. And, and, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just getting a little silly now. We're going to have to have a pause and, I keep waiting for that to happen and, and, uh, hasn't, hasn't happened yet. How likely is that to happen? At what, at what point do you think it's going to take before things actually get shut down? <laughs> we're, all, I know, we're, all, we're all stunned. <laughs> no, I, I but, don't. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the issue I think is that no one knows because I think we mm-hmm. all, I think we all have feelings and, Every single person, whether it's talking on this podcast right now or listening to this podcast right now, everybody has different opinions and perspectives when it comes to the virus and when things should pause, when things should be postponed, when things should be canceled. Um, And I think that's exactly illustrates the absolute conundrum that the leagues are in as well. Albeit the leagues are also looking after their bottom lines. Um, You know, Patrick, it's it's we've seen. the AHL All-Star weekend is toast for the second year in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, that had to have been... Now, I, I did. I said this on last week's show. I, I was appreciative of the fact that the AHL didn't wait to the last minute to pull the trigger on that decision, that they did it a month out, more than a month out. Um, but that had to have been a hard a hard decision to make once again for the American Hockey League to scrap, which is what is usually a, a big fan favorite uh, time on the calendar. Well, yeah, and as both of you know, you've been to plenty of all-star games. It's 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 one of the signature events for the lead each year. I mean, they, they you know, they as well as the, the individual team hosting it uh, devote a ton of uh, resources to it. And, um, you know, it's a chance to have the product um, exposed on uh, television across uh, both Canada and, and the U.S. Uh, and, you know, it's on an off night usually for the rest of the hockey world. Uh, that's why it is on a Monday night, for example, you know, because the NHL is off. It's, it's always kind of correlated to uh, when the NHL's All-Star game is. So, um, and this was a big event. This was going to be Dave Andrews' induction into the NHL Hall of Fame, uh, several other uh, people as well. Um, it was going to be in Laval. Uh, it was going to be on RDS. It was, you know, obviously one of the high-profile markets in the league, and it's scrapped. And, you know, like – you know, I, I don't think anybody was surprised for sure. And I, and I understand that, you know, um, there's not a whole lot you can do about it, but, but it is a tough, it's a tough one for the AHL and, and really for the Laval Rocket it's a chance to expose, um, the team and the, and the building, uh, maybe to fans that, uh, are typically busy otherwise. And now you don't have that. And it's pushed back another year. I mean, this will be, um, next year will be the third try, you know, to host it in Laval and, um, it's just, it's just one more thing, you know, one more kick in the teeth for the league, uh, um, you know, for a situation that's been going on now for, uh, going on, uh, 22 months, uh, you know, come January. So, um, you know, you, you just start wondering uh, where does it end? And, you know, like you said, you know, you ask different people, yeah, they'll have different opinions. I, I, Honestly, I sometimes go back and forth myself, you know, what's the best way to do it? And I don't have the answer, right? I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm certainly not qualified, but, um, you know, maybe if you asked me when I was 20 years old, like a lot of these players are, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, go on, you know, full speed ahead, right? You know, like, ah, whatever, it's just, uh, you know, you'll be fine. You know, but, you know, as you get a little bit older and you, you know, hopefully get a little bit wiser, um, you start to maybe see things in a different way. And, and sure, most of these players, they'll be fine, right? Like, you know, they'll probably slough this off like it's nothing, right? Like they're, you know, the top 1% of the 1% of physically fit people in the world and um, they're vaccinated and they're all this great stuff. But, you know, the, the issue is, you know, for, for other people. I mean, it's, 
Um, and we talked about this, you know, it's the people at home, you know, the wife or the girlfriend or, you know, the kids or, you know, maybe grandma's coming over, you know, for, for the holiday. So it's just a lot of other things. And then just, you know, society at large, you know, you, you go to the grocery store, you, you know, you go wherever, you know, like sort of cer- certain things are unavoidable. Um, you know, and it just seems like with this variance, I mean, it seems like if you're in proximity to it, it, it can, uh, Break through, you know, whether you're vaccinated or not, and that's I think what uh, really has thrown everyone for a, for a loop. I mean, it seemed like earlier this fall, you know, maybe there had been you sort of found an uneasy piece with the Delta variant, and you know, nobody was 100% comfortable with it, but it seemed like the hockey world more or less had found a way to sort of manage it, and now this thing has come in and just kind of knocked everything over and uh, you almost feel like you're back at square one in some ways. And, you know, I, like I said, I, I don't envy anybody either at the NHL, the AHL, ECHL, whatever league you're talking about in their offices having to um, untangle this one because, uh, you know, I just, I don't, I don't know how you handle this. I mean, is if you're not comfortable with cases, uh, it's going to be hard to play games. And, you know, where does this go? I don't know. Rick, I think one of the interesting aspects of of this year's iteration of the of the taxi squads and and Patrick, I know you had been talking a, a little bit about a portion of this as far as uh, some of the league leaders uh, around the AHL uh, before before we uh, started um, recording today. But but Rick, you know it's it's almost like some some lessons were learned. We saw last year that the top prospects in the AHL, many of them got put on taxi squads and then sat stagnant all year um, and lost a lot of valuable uh, game time and scouting time and experience time and so on and so forth. And so now currently, uh, you know, the NHL and NHLPA agreement says that no player on the taxi squad can be on the taxi squad for more than 20 cumulative days. Um, but 20, 20 days is, is still a lot like at this point in the season. For sure. And yeah, I, I think that the the league brought in the, the taxi squad with, uh, f- you know, good intentions, um, but but teams are creative and, and they use things not necessarily for their intended purposes. And we saw last year that it was a way to, to shelve some players and some players got stuck on the taxi squad for the entire season and and uh, didn't get into, you know, more than a handful of games. And, and that would hurt uh, no matter at what age you're at, whether it's a development season for you or if you're, you're working to uh, get your next contract, it would be, um, you know, detrimental uh, for, for any player to be in that situation. We, and we've seen a number of players uh, speak out about how difficult it was being on the taxi squad. And the, the other part uh, that uh, NHL teams used the taxi squad for was uh, to um, uh, manage their ca- uh, cap uh, situation and they shelve money there. Uh, and we see that that's uh, been spelled out in, in the new taxi squad um, uh, uh Agreement that uh, that it's not to be used for those those purposes, and and that that uh, specific salaries are targeted for players who can be put on the uh, the uh, the taxi squad. So um, yeah, it, I mean they've learned, and they've learned <laughs> um, how to you know to to rein in um, the uh, the general managers, but I'm sure they'll find other ways to get around things. <laughs> Well, yeah, they have they have entire staffs uh, devoted to that's right picking apart the smallest nuance or loophole in the CBA and finding a you know something they can uh, wiggle through and it'd be nice if that would maybe we could stop doing that for a little bit you know like things are <laughs> difficult enough without you know people trying to you know exploit loopholes and you know sort of try to game the system I mean that's not helping anybody long term and. But yeah, you mentioned uh, players being hurt by that. I mean, I'll bring up Aaron Ness, a longtime defenseman at the AHL level, always kind of a guy you could pull up uh, on short notice uh, for NHL recall. Uh, he was in Arizona's taxi squad last year. Uh, I believe he played one game uh, way at the end of the season, and he had a really difficult time this summer getting a contract. He didn't get a, anything until the training camp, and that was originally a, a PTO. 
with the Boston Bruins. Managed to convert that to an HL contract. Um, but yeah, you, you see a player like that with a long track record and somebody who you know should have easily gotten a contract first day of free agency had to wait for months uh, to finally get an opportunity. Uh, and you know, you can see why players uh, maybe in similar situations went off to Europe. Uh, but Europe's difficult right now. Um, that's not going well over there as we've seen uh, cancellations as well. And um, so a lot of players really getting hit hard, uh, either prospect wise or you know maybe your thirty year old veteran types and. Uh, long-term ramifications that we don't even quite know yet. I mean, what 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 does it do to a player who, at age 19, 20, or twenty-one, doesn't get a, a proper development season? You know, mm-hmm. wh- what effect might that have down the road? Um, and you know, I guess we'll see down down the road. But uh, uh, now you're getting into a second season with that, uh, and that's where it's really you know, I think hit a lot more players. Now, maybe you're a player, you didn't play much last year, you found your groove this year, you're having a good year in the American League, now you're going to go and sit up on a taxi squad for three weeks. You know, is that going to help you? I don't I don't see it helping you. I mean, this is especially the time of the season where you start to learn a lot about players because uh, it's the middle, middle of the schedule, it's the grind, it's the dog days, however you want to describe it. And now their guys aren't playing, they're, they're, they're on a taxi squad somewhere. So... Um, yeah, this is uh, this is another mess. I mean, there's so many different angles uh, to look at this situation from, and um, that's one more part of it. Uh, you know, where this eventually will affect players, you know, with their long-term careers. And uh, you know, I think there will probably will be some players that you know, when all said and done, um, are worse off for having been through this situation, having been on taxi squads, having not been able to play in the American Hockey League, which the whole point of the American Hockey League is to develop players by playing a lot of games. I mean, that's that's the tried and true formula, and, and it's not being allowed to happen this year because of the virus and everything else going on. We can look at for the Canadians, for example, back to their taxi squad last year. Uh, guys like Cam Hillis, were, was on, he was on it for a fair length of time, and then um, ended up in the ECHL to start the season. Uh, Kale Fleury was another one. Uh, who was there and was made available in the expansion draft or at, at different stages of uh, uh, the opposite stage of their career. Michael Froelich talked about mm-hmm. how being on the taxi squad prevented him from getting an NHL uh, contract uh, this season. And uh, you look at someone like Charlie Lindgren, who spent the entire season um, on the, the taxi squad and then had a real bee in his bonnet when he got the St. Louis contract mm-hmm. and has been brilliant since. So it's affected players d- in different ways, but certainly uh, wasn't positive for them, um, for any of the ones that I mentioned. It, uh, I think, you know, I feel like uh, we've said this a few times that we knew going into this season that things were going to be very fluid. You know, I, there there was some fingers crossed. You know, when, when things got started relatively on time at the beginning of the season, there was some hope that, um, you know, if if things could kind of stay on an even keel, that maybe there, there was going to be a way uh, to get through this season uh, uninterrupted. That is obviously out the window at this point, and now we kind of all wait with bated breath to see what is going to be the next uh, the next thing that falls or 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 a some sort of turnaround so um, Patrick we appreciate you being here uh, helping us and and our listeners all uh, stay up to speed on what the current state of things is in the American Hockey League uh, it's it's always a great segment when you're on with us every other uh, Tuesday here on the press zone for the AHL hot stove and uh of course, if you have not caught it already, be sure you check out AHLReport.com for Patrick's latest under-review article that uh, came out last Wednesday. That comes out every Wednesday. Uh, usually Wednesday afternoons is, is when that's out, so be sure to keep an eye out for that. And um, Patrick, we appreciate, as I said, uh, you being here and, and getting us all up to speed on all the latest news as it continues to break uh, out of the American Hockey League. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's, it's been a it's been quite the go of it uh, this year. Um, hopefully, one of these weeks we'll be able to actually talk about hockey and not talk about <laughs> this virus For that sure. seems to be hanging around like an unwanted uh, house guest. That would be uh, that would be a. That will definitely be a marquee AHL hot stove edition when we get to talk about some hockey. (laughs) Thanks so much for being with us. We'll talk to you again soon. Great. Thank you.
Phew, I, um, that, you know, Patrick Williams joining us for the hot stove is always uh, an invigorating conversation and full of a lot of information. But man, uh, there's just so much going on with the AHL and, and, and kind of unwinding in your mind all of the trickle effects and all of the things that could impact teams and players and, and revenue and fans. It's just, wow, it's just a lot to take in all at once. It really is. Well, we focus mostly on the players, but uh, yes, we've seen coaches uh, out as well. Um, as Something kind of o- overlooked is the number of officials uh, that are out uh, due to COVID at the NHL level, the AHL level and um, and how difficult it is to to manage that group and and make sure that games are able to to happen. Uh, so thank you to Patrick again for joining us. Uh, we certainly uh, we've always enjoyed his uh, his insight and expertise. We very much enjoy him being part of Rocket Sports Media uh, now as a contributor, and we very much enjoy him joining us on the show every other week for the hot stove. Um, also, Do you want to update that story that we were talking about in the first um, uh, segment about the, the postponements? I do. Actually, we were talking about how we bet that by the time this came out that the NHL would have made an announcement. And sure enough, while we've been recording uh, this podcast, the NHL has made a statement. Interestingly enough, NHL Public Relations puts it out as schedule update. The NHL postpones one game due to COVID-related issues and nine games due to Canadian attendance restrictions. I mean, they're not even hiding it. I mean, it's just that that it is what it is. Uh, And so the National Hockey League announcing um, that uh, they are going, due to current attendant restrictions in certain Canadian cities, nine games will be rescheduled for dates later in the season when such restrictions may be eased or lifted. Um, Makeup dates have yet to be established. And so there's, uh, I think there's at least, I think there's five games for the the Habs that are currently postponed uh, through January 10th. Uh, They also say the Boston-Montreal game scheduled to take place on Wednesday, January 12th at the Bell Center will still be played but they're going to play it at TD Garden in Boston instead. So that game is no longer a home is is will no longer be played on home turf for the Canadians. Instead, they have to go to Boston and play it as a road game. But um, they'll make up um, a home game uh, for against the, a, a, yeah right. a date later to be determined. Right. So there you have it. Uh, it's it has happened. Uh, according to Ren Lavoie, the next Canadians home game on the schedule now will not be until January 27th when they host the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, That's a long time. (laughs) That's a long time. And uh, that's a lot of road games for the team to be out and about uh, throughout the month of January, depending on if those games get rescheduled in the month of January as road games or not. We we don't even know. As of right now, it's just going to be postponements for the foreseeable future with some road games sprinkled in that are already on the schedule. So... uh, very fluid. This is all st- coming out in real time. Uh, we'll be sure to keep you posted on that as well. It may be dif- getting difficult to keep track of what AHL games have been postponed, but guess what? Here at the AHL Report, we've got you covered. Uh, be sure you check out later today. Uh, Maria Boabdo is back with another edition of AHL Weekly at the AHL Report. Included in that, she has a list of every AHL game between Christmas and New Year's Day, which has already been postponed by the AHL. So it's a great resource as well as all of the other information that's found in AHL Weekly. But if you're looking for one place to just where is a list of everything that's been postponed, uh, it is there uh, at AHL Weekly on the AHL report. And in fact, I'll go one step further and say as additional postponements for this week's games continue to roll in throughout the week, I'll make sure that that list gets updated so that it is a central place where you can look to see all of the postponements in the AHL for this week. Uh, And with that, Rick, uh, that's uh, really... it's really all we have for today. It's a lot. Um, it's it's a bit overwhelming. We, we've been fearing all season long that we would find ourselves back in a place like this. It feels like deja vu all over again, but unfortunately we're here. Uh, we just have to, I guess, cross our fingers and hope that the people uh, with the power to make decisions uh, make smart decisions and, and also look out for the well-being of their players and fans 
and staff. Uh, and we just and hope extended it, family and extended family. And we hope everyone out there listening, we want all of you to say, stay safe as well. So please um, just be safe as best as you can uh, make good choices. And uh, we look forward to bringing you back for another uh, episode of the press. So next week, Rick, I will say happy new year to you. Happy new year to you too. Um, it's a, it's another strange new year to be ringing in, but uh, here's hoping that 2022 is uh, is going to be moving onward and upward. All sorts of good things for our listeners and for Rocket Sports Media. Thanks so much for everything you do. And um, thank you too. We look forward to inviting you all back uh, next week for another great episode of the Press Zone. Stay safe. Happy New Year. Celebrate safely, and we'll see you then right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.